With the inception and traction that blockchain and crypto has gathered, the world is possibly on the verge of the largest evolution since the mainstream of the internet. Given the fluidity and dynamic nature of this technology, business leaders, enthusiasts, and veterans all need to band together to navigate the current and upcoming storms. Participants in Web 3.0 want a trusted resource that gives them pertinent information about projects, tokens, technology, and businesses. We are business people talking the business of crypto. We are Y Whales. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Y Whalers, and to our podcast community who are watching us across YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. We are on all the platforms. My name is Abe. I'm the head of ecosystem at Y Whales. And today I'm delighted to be your host because our conversation is with Chris Stegner, the co founder and CEO of Very Big Things, which is a leading digital products agency with a focus on digital transformation and disruption for enterprise, enterprise and startup clients. Now, Chris is also a member of YPO, the Young Presence Organization, which is a community of senior executives around the world. And if you don't know, our 1,300 community members are all members of the YPO community as well. Now, I don't play favorites with our guests, but I truly believe Chris and his team have built one of the most impressive companies that people probably haven't heard of. Now, I've talked to people on his team Um they're really impressive, great talent. And let me just run off some numbers here because you guys have 121, at least, international awards, including Best Visual Design, Best in Show, Product of the Year, Immersive Experiences, Top Technical Achievement of the Web. The list goes on and on. These are Webbies, these are Davies, these are UX awards. But I'll say, for an individual whose first company was acquired at the age of 14, Chris... Can I really be that surprised? So, Chris, it's an honor and a privilege to have you. Welcome to the show. Thank you. And that was a, a way too kind intro, but uh, but I'm super excited <laughs> to be here. Uh, love the Y Whales, etc. So, I'll try to not just thank let you, everybody down now over the next you know 30 <laughs> minutes, hour, however long we talk. So. <laughs> I I have total faith in you, Chris. I have total faith in you. Um, let's let's. Let's start with the the profound statement I made about having a company that was acquired at the age of 14. So how did you identify a, com- a commercial opportunity at such a young age? Walk us through that. Yeah, I mean, uh, so, I mean, my, my grandparents on both sides were entrepreneurs. My parents were entrepreneurs, um, et cetera. Oh, wow, so cool. I, I think I always had that bug. Um, mm-hmm. We had moved uh, when I was... Uh, about 10 to uh, an area like a kind of not so nice suburb of Seattle um, where there was not a whole lot of opportunity around, but still had that itch. Um, I remember when I was like uh, probably like 11, I started my very first company. I I convinced a whole bunch of kids uh, in my, in my class to like go door to door selling my artwork. Like I I saw what the the voice And I was like, I was like, I can do this, you know? Um, and, and I remember like in one day we made like a couple hundred dollars and the school found out and they're like, you can't do this. No Only we can do this. You oh, yes, you can. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. Uh, okay. Yeah. And they took all my money and they bought a pizza party for the whole school. But, um, but so the, the, the itch was always there. And I think, um, yeah. you know, before this, you, you, you kind of mentioned the fact that, uh, uh, yourself, you know, you moved, uh, from, from DC to, I believe it was India. Um, 
and and in that moment, Middle like East. In yeah. Middle East, yeah, sorry, and and you looked back and you said, "Wow, you know, like how, how much this helped me uh, grow as a person." Yeah. Uh, totally. Same for me. I, I, I went from being in Oklahoma, private schools, kids getting dropped off in Lamborghinis to like in the ghetto, no opportunity anywhere around, uh, and, wow. and it develops you as a person. But um, but yes, yeah, so to to more directly answer the question. You know, I, I was always looking for opportunities, and then I found the computer, I found the internet. All of a sudden, it didn't matter if you're in the Middle East, you're in D.C., you're in Oklahoma, you're right. in Seattle. It didn't matter where you were. As long as you had that internet totally. connection, be anything and, and do anything. And uh, and and that's what I did. So I, I started a website that I needed myself, um, and I couldn't find it. So I was like, other people probably need this as well. Um, and fortunately, this the, the website was based around a piece of software and, and that software is very expensive. Um, I got it, you know, now I'll say illegally. <laughs> I don't think they're going to come out. <laughs> I pirated it like everybody else on AOL. Um, and, uh, but I had plugins, and the plugins cost $1,000, $2,000 each as well. Um, oh, wow. So, so we were really the only place to advertise uh, the, mm. those plugins. So all of a sudden we got pretty good wow. ad revenue um, happening very quickly. I just had 20 or so of them, you know paying us a thousand two thousand a month and we, we got there Very so then cool. yeah when i was 13 that got acquired uh, or i guess sorry i really got that going when i was 13 uh, i got acquired yeah. when i was 14 by like the larger person in the space and and nice. so on and so forth until uh until the internet bubble burst and we all we all went home you know yeah, yeah. that's awesome that's really incredible I, I think the biggest lesson that i've taken away from that is that anything is really possible including if people like your school administrators think it's not <laughs> so yeah, that's, yeah. that's pretty great um, I mean, so with, that's, a, with a community here of like ypo folks you know, I mean, I think everybody has a similar story. Like, uh, yeah, for most sure. People in YPO, I think, have that ability to say, okay, I'm going to hit lots of roadblocks, but I'll find mm -hmm. the way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So let's take a step back here. And how do you define a digital product agency? Yeah, great question. So um, the traditional definition is think of a product. Right. So any mm -hmm. product. So a product agency would help you develop that product, whether it's a chair mm -hmm. or um, any physical thing, a coffee machine, et cetera. But now in this case, we're talking about a digital one. So right. um, most of the time, that's going to be a, a mobile app or a web application sure. or but something that's actually like doing something. Right. It's not like a website. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't do marketing uh, and, and that stuff. Got we're it. all about building actual products that are built with technology. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so that, that basically answers it. And then to on a bigger piece of that, I'd say where our focus has really been is on digital trans digital transformation. But we call it product led digital transformation because uh, mm -hmm. your more traditional digital transformation is like cool. We'll just grab other people's software and we'll bring it into our company to make us more efficient. You know, okay. and you know, you're using Salesforce, you're using uh, SAP system stuff like that, which is all good. Right. Um, but it's not really transformational of the brand, right? It's just like mm -hmm. cool. You're doing some things more efficient. Uh, we help companies to create their own software, their own technology. We help them to really revolutionize their entire brand, so people see the company as a as a completely different beast, you know. Versus like, cool, you're just doing things one or two percent more efficient, so. That's 
Yeah, big piece. That's 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 got it. That's that's really incredible. Um, and I think there's a huge value add for companies who are going through a transformation. Given that the world changes so fast, um, you know, there's some stats that I'll just read off to you that I I, I recently discovered is you know 80 of Gen Z aspire to work with cutting edge technology, including AI. 71% of digital natives are decision-making uh, roles at their private co- at their companies, um, and 83% of Gen Z shop on social media. Like that is a huge demand pool, and the expectation of the digital experience is incredibly just the bar is just raising. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this seems like a huge demand pool. Now, from your seat, do you feel as though the business community is prepared or really grasped? The, the expectations of the, um, the trends that are coming along? Um, some, okay. you know. Um, so uh, I, w- I would say that as with uh, a lot of revolutions um, in business, you have your earlier adopters, you know, your, your okay. folks that kind of really see the vision for the future and they, they want to start uh, – capitalizing on it immediately um you have groups where you know they they do have that vision but they're kind of held back by their boards or by you know bureaucracy and it's hard to move it forward on it so some people see it but not all everybody sees it um and then you have a lot of folks that say ah no this 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 we we can just keep doing things the way we've always done them or and and then you have other folks that are just Mm -hmm. uh, maybe they see it and they know it but it's terrifying. So it just gets pushed off to tomorrow. It's like, like, that that involves risk, you know, like if I guess wrong, I'll I'll be blamed. So let's just, let's pretend it doesn't exist and and maybe tomorrow it it won't, but that, that rarely works out well. I'd I'd like to talk to you about understanding some of the education that you have behind companies that are exploring this, because it almost seems as though, you might have advocates within the company that have that are tech savvy, right? That are uh, digital natives. That you know they might be a part of a retail company and they just have exceptional tech skills, but they're probably going to be taken up by a tech company um, because of their skills and because of the, the difference mm. in compensation. So, so those advocates that you might have internally are pretty much scooped up and moved from various subsectors, but moving into the, into the tech side. So how do you go about educating um, some, of the, some of the companies that, you know, come to you and say, you know, we're considering this, but we're not quite sure yet? Yeah, I mean, so I think of the best way to answer this for you. Um, this year. Honestly, I'd say more often than not, our advocates. So, so a lot of the, we work with enterprise companies. You're, 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 right. you're a couple of Fortune 500s and whatnot, and we work with some like yeah. really well startups. But the vast mm-hmm. majority uh, of the companies we're working with are mid-market companies. You know, doing fifty okay. to three hundred million or five hundred million a year, or something like that. Um, we're often we're working directly with the CEO or the or the CMO or a president or uh, you Got know some kind of chief innovation officer. Um, so we're we're fortunate in that regard that when we're coming in to help these companies really move from this level to this level, we're usually yeah. working more with the, with the CEOs. Um, and, and sometimes uh, initially, uh, funny enough, the, the tech minded folks can be the, the, the holdup, 
you know, because wow. uh, okay. you know, they see a, a group like us coming in, they go, whoa, 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 what does this mean for my job? You know, I, like uh, interesting. So, versus the, the the CEO's like, hey, I need to get from here to here, and I just need to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And like, I love you guys internally, but you know, you're great at what you do, but the the ability to get us from here to here, it's just it's an unfair ask. Um, so that's usually like a wall we're bringing down. So we're we're brought in from the CEO or this or the VP or you know, somebody along those those lines. And then at that point, we, we win the hearts and souls of the tech team. <laughs> so, um, but so to answer your question, in a way, uh, I think once we've come in, uh, those, mm-hmm. those tech folk uh, who are usually really exceptional at what they do, um, mm-hmm. end up realizing that they can learn a lot uh, about what we do. So it usually is like yeah. a situation where they don't want to leave because they're getting a great education. Um, uh, right. for, for whoever comes next in life, you know? Does that kind of answer the question? Yes, it does. Yeah, absolutely. It sounds brilliant. Thank you for that one. Um, you know, <clears throat> as you talk about the... It sounds like you guys are very methodical with your approach here. And I want to give kudos to your team because I've engaged with members of your team. I know that you brought on a new uh, senior vice president, um, Kim, I believe, uh, for yeah, Revenue. Yeah. I've talked with Dan a couple of times. Um, I've spoken with Alec. Um, he's he's fantastic. You know, here at YWells in the labs division, we're, we're building something in stealth mode. And uh, I haven't mentioned anything about that yet until this podcast. So that's, <laughs> there's a little drop for anybody that's listening. Um, but Alec and I had a conversation, a couple of meetings talking about how you know some of the some of the products that we're getting ready to build and, and, and push out. But he was... When I articulated what our what our needs were, what the experiences we were looking for, and the goal that we were trying to get to, he was he just nailed exactly the challenges that we would come across. He nailed like the map of how that experience would go through, and he was just he was just fantastic. So you guys are very methodical here about your approach. What what can you what can you pull as far as your the way that you guys approach these these problems because. You know, there was a Harvard Business Review study that said 70 to 95% of businesses that are going through a digital transformation don't meet their objectives. That is a huge mess, and that is a scary number. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, given your expertise, like, wh- where do you think businesses miss? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, honestly, uh so, so we do something called uh, design sprints. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with design sprints, but okay. I'll, I'll, uh, for the audience, I'll, I'll roll with the assumption that not every one person understands what it is. It's completely different than a development yeah. sprint. Um, Google Ventures mm-hmm. and created uh, created this process um, of basically a five day step process to identify or, or, or a five day process to solve any problem you can think of, right? Um, which is profound because problems, especially difficult ones, often take years to get a, s- a solution to, uh, and usually you don't end up really with great alignment on what if that's the right solution or not, and you're probably not on the right, right. solution. Uh, so, in five days, if you take a, a group of important folks, lock them in a room, then you can solve basically mm-hmm. any problem. Um, so we, we run through this process with a lot of our clients and in it, you do a number of steps. You, you, you get everybody to mention out, you know, their goals or what it is they're trying to achieve. 
um, things that they think could go wrong, um, and, and so on and so forth. And eventually, you, you get everybody to align together on, on one vision, which is uh, powerful in and of itself, right? Um, but the reason I mentioned this is... Who are the stakeholders is, here? If I can interrupt. Who are, who are the yeah. stakeholders here? Like, who are the people that you bring together? So if if this is like a mid-market company, it's going to be like sure. most of the C-level team. You know, so it's going to be your okay. CEO, probably your CFO, your CMO, your CPO, et cetera. Um, at a Fortune 500, it might be some VPs and so forth. Um, yeah, so it's, but it's a high level group and usually diversified. People are seeing the problem from different angles, right? But the one consistent thing that I hear um, of things that can mess it all up is, you know, uh, bureaucracy, bureaucracy and people. Wow. Yeah, you know, that's another, that's a second mention. That's huge. Yeah, or or the fact of like, hey, we'll get this going, but at some point people will get scared, or we'll get this going, but at some point people will change their mind and want to pivot a different direction, or we'll get this mm-hmm. going, but we won't have the resources internally to really make it work, or we'll get this going, but we won't have funding for the next stage of it. You know, these are all the things you hear about that I think in most um, digital transformations. Uh, these these are the run, you know the problems that they run into. It's it's more people issues. It's planning issues. It's it's not the digital part. It's the execution yeah. of it, especially inside of large organizations. Um, you know, <laughs> you, you start doing it, and then plans change, and then you have people fighting against people. Mm-hmm. And some people want want what digital transformation means one thing to them. It meant something different to somebody else. Now they're fighting internally with each other. It's all of these problems right. that end up messing these things up. Um, so, uh, you know, for whatever it's worth for, mm-hmm. for folks on the call, if you're looking to go through a process like this, uh, you know, there's, there's the Google Ventures Design Sprint book. It's just called Sprint. Uh, definitely recommend it. But they also have a website that has like five, five-minute long videos. So within 25 yeah. minutes, you can pretty much figure out how to do this. Um, but the, the best thing about going through one of these design sprints is you get your entire team all aligned on one vision, uh, you you pull apart all the things that could go wrong, um, and you, mm-hmm. you you come up with solutions for them, and it really sets you on a, an amazing foundation to to succeed. So, kind to your earlier point around processes, processes have their yeah. place. Um, yeah. So, if um, that's that's great, and I love the des- these design sprints. I'm definitely going to take a look at that as well, and and see what I can pull from that from what we're doing on the inside. Um, so I, I guess my next question here is, you know, what do you, what, what should you track other than sales metrics? Is there, are there key, um, KPIs that you have seen, um, track performance better than, you know, that track performance that sort of validate a good decision was made? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know that might be a loaded question, but. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and, and, and really fast, even uh, before answering that, uh, I, I just thought of something for the, the previous one that we were talking through. Uh, you know, so just recently, we helped two separate Fortune 500 companies figure out what their AI strategy was going to look like, both internally uh, and consumer facing. And I just want to use that example for okay. a second, because you can imagine, imagine you're at a, you know, uh, 80,000 person, 
you know, Fortune 500 company. And now you have to decide, hey, AI is happening and we got to all get on the same page. We need all these executives to like be like, yes, we agree on the same thing. Let's start charging in one direction together. I mean, it's like an impossible mm-hmm. feat. And at the end of these two design sprints, we did one for consumer facing, one for internal. Um, you had the full executive teams around those, each of them being like, we're so excited. This is the plan. And it's everybody's plan. Wow. So it just shows you the power of that. Um, so I just wow. wanted to touch on that because it's one thing to hear somebody walk through the process. It's a different thing to see, you know, a, a case of where it actually happened. Um, in this case, it's like AI is coming. You have to act fast on it. Um, you don't want to be, you know, uh, having people bicker around it for the next year and then everything passed you by, right? So, um, so it's, it's a, it's a, I think a, a cool example, and that's a hard group to get aligned. So, yeah, uh, let's 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 talk about that. Let's talk about AI because that is a fast moving disruptor across every every business every industry, like no one is really immune to it right now. And there's, there's two ways. I think you articulated it, right? There's two ways you can look at it. You can look at it from the consumer side and the experiences, and you've got, you know, tools that are coming out like mid journey 2.5. You have Adobe Firefly, which is, um, which is doing a generative fill now that I saw, I think yesterday or the day before, um, you have unreal engine, you know, creating a dragon, a, drag and drop like environment. And these things are just impressive and easy to do. So from mm-hmm. the consumer side, it's going to have a massive impact on expectations and design. But on the internal side too, how does that affect the operations um, and efficiency? So yeah. I'll leave it to you to, to pick which one you want to talk about first, but I'd love to spend some time on AI and what you're seeing out there in the field. For sure. And funny enough, I think I can tie this directly to previous question you'd ask, which is like, Let's how do, do you kind of like look at these metrics, right? Um, okay. yeah, perfect. For everybody, we'll get two for the price of one. Just um, <laughs> to, to, to answer on like, how can you see things are doing well or not? Uh, I mean, there's definitely yeah. certain things that we need to be judged for each individual, um, you know, case. But in general, uh, you know, I think on the transformation front, how's your attention looking, you know? How is your, your growth mm, looking? Good. Um, how's your bottom line looking? Like those are pretty good indicators. Mm-hmm. Uh, how's your cost per acquisition, you know, uh, is when I like to look at. Because if the, the better of a product you're building, the less you should have to market it. That makes sense? Like a, when you start yeah, really doing totally. a good job as a brand, um, you know, so there's two levels there. There's the product level and there's the brand level, right? On the product level, right. um, if you're doing a great job, people will talk about the product. You don't have to go out and spend tons of money marketing it. Um, you know, Slack didn't ever uh, spend that much. If you look at uh, on the topic of AI, GBT, right? So GBT never yeah. advertised once and it had more users sign up than any other product in history within like a certain time frame. Yeah. They didn't advertise once, you know? <laughs> they just built something that yeah. was phenomenal, right? Um, so when you build yeah. something phenomenal on a product level, um, you'll get that. It'll grow and you don't have to pay money for it to grow, um, which, mm-hmm. is, which is amazing. Um, and then on the flip side, when you're looking at from a brand level, it's the same thing. When you build a brand that's quality like that, that's really like a, a digital first pioneer um, that people see as like, right. hey, you're, you're doing really innovative, excellent work. Uh, people continue to come mm-hmm. back to the brand just saying, what are you building now? What, what else can I buy from you? 
You know, like uh, think think of a Apple or Tesla or whatever. You start saying, right. you know, hmm, what what new car is Tesla coming out with? I, I, I need something soon. You know, um, so it's it's yeah. thinking about things in that way. Um, and I think AI is going to be a, a massive contributor to this entire world. Um, like you said, you know, you, you chose the words like nobody's immune to it, right? But same time, it, it can be flipped. Like nobody can't be helped by it, you know? And it's just like, it's such a powerful tool. Um, uh, this, this is a good one for you guys. I can't, I, I shouldn't. I'm YPO confidential, right? Um, but I was yeah. talking with um, a top executive at one of the biggest digital currency, you know, uh, companies in the world. And, uh, and this just this last Saturday and, and through that, you know, we're, we're, we're chatting about AI and where it's going, et cetera, et cetera. And to hear, he, he summed it up really well. He said, this is going to be like five times bigger than mobile. And I was Jeez. like, you're absolutely right. You know? Um, and it's a very good way to think about it. Um, and the adoption patterns of these things keep getting shorter. So if you think of like the internet, that took a while for businesses to adopt. And still, there's still lots of businesses that have never adopted it. Like amazingly, but it's true, right? Um, mobile took, you know, one-tenth the amount of time to be adopted as the internet took. Uh, but it still took a while, you know? Um, there's still a lot of businesses that have not adopted to using mobile. Um, on the flip side, though, when, when we're now talking about AI... There is no business in the entire world that cannot benefit from it, right? Um, and the adoption level, I think, is going to happen even faster. But, you know, mobile can, can help a lot of businesses, but not everyone. Not every business needs to be on mobile. It can do a lot of cool new things that weren't possible before, uh, which is also true with AI. But AI can literally help every single company uh, in the world, especially this, the, the new way of, of generative AI. Um, right. And, and two kind of points there, though, just just for, for anybody who's interested in this stuff, right? So AI has been around for a while, but AI is like expensive. Um, you need tons of data uh, in order to make it work. You need tons of processing power. You need all this stuff to, to make AI actually useful um, for your company. And it just it wasn't feasible for 99.9% .9 of companies before. But now with these new models, um, you know, GPT and, and BARD and um, Claude's and the one oh, APIs, yeah, yeah. I mean, they've done all of the hard work. Now you just take their their huge understanding and you just kind of put some of your stuff on top of it, and it can do tons of stuff. Um, and it and you can set it up literally today. All the APIs are available today, um, so this stuff you can get rolling with immediately, and it's cheap, drastically cheaper in comparison. And what used to take you know would have taken three or four years you can get done in like three or four weeks now. So it's it's going to go. It's going to be pretty crazy. What do you think the landscape will look like? I mean, if, if it's anything like the internet, there was an explosion of a number of different websites, right? And then there was yeah. a, a growth of mergers and acquisition. Do you think that will happen with AI? I mean, there's you, you just jump on LinkedIn, you see a hundred new AI tools that are just popping up every week or every two weeks. And the assumption is that there, you know, some will fail, some will succeed, and there's going to be a massive growth of mergers and acquisitions and they're just going to be bought out by bigger and bigger companies which will with the ai power they'll just grow significantly do you do you find that 
one, is that an accurate assumption about where it's going? And then two, are we then at somewhat of a risk where a lot of the AI power is harnessed by a few players, you know, three years from now, what, what does that mean for access to it? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, a couple of different questions on there, right? So, uh, number yeah, one, sure. yeah, there's going to be tons of tools built off this. And, uh, and, and when it very first started happening, as you know, nobody's a true expert in this stuff, right? So I'm reading everything right. I possibly can. I've been doing this stuff for a long time. Yeah. Um, right. So I think I know a decent amount, but that's uh, still, still not an expert. Uh, so in, in the earlier days, I'm like, there's all these tools popping up. All they are is a wrapper around gpt sure, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah totally um, but but now i'm starting to realize some of those rappers are doing really good stuff and they're and they're not mm. doing really good stuff for say like a company like ours because we we can help companies to build these custom solutions that really tie into all of their systems right which is great for a company that's doing you know 20 million to, to you know 700 million a year or or, or greater mm. um but it's not great for a company that's doing like a million a year, you know, and those companies that are doing yeah, a million a year, they're going to need the solution that, that, you know, like, Hey, I pay $15 a month and you handle my problem for me. You know? Um, yeah. Like one, for instance, uh, uh, you know, we, we were talking amongst our own team of like, Hey, why don't we take all of our, um, meetings and transcribe them really fast and summarize them and have it all be automated right. and have meeting minutes along with like action items and have it created in Jira and one of the people on our team goes, yeah mm-hmm. and one of the people on our team goes yeah this this product came out a week ago that does exactly that and it's like okay cool we'll just pay them ten dollars a month for it <laughs> you know Pretty so much. I mean some yeah. of these wrappers they they are very beneficial to the the smaller businesses in the world you know um, but. So, so yeah, a lot of these tools will be coming out. I actually think a lot of them will end up being really useful. I think there's a lot of room to continue to grow things on top of yeah. uh, GPT as a base. Um, sure. For whatever it's worth, um, even ourselves, we're looking at launching a lab, you know, here in the next 12 months. We primarily focused okay. on generative AI uh, products. Um, yeah. Shout out to my my good friends at Pioneer Square Labs. They they just raised another twenty million fund for their labs. Um, that's all, all right. based on generative AI. Uh, those guys are amazing. So you're seeing a lot of uh, continuous investment in that area, and it just makes sense. There's so many things that have been impossible to do for the last for forever, uh, or not maybe right, not possible. Right. Would have been super hard, and now it's like really easy. Um, yeah, yeah. Every day, I think of ten ideas, and I'm like, "Oh, for years I wanted to solve this problem, and I couldn't, but now I can." You know, yeah. so it's a cool world. So, with these tools um, that are essentially just at your fingertips, why don't you dive into a little bit of your success stories that you've had with some of your clients, or you know, at very big things, or even before that. Um, there must be a, a couple great stories that you have. I know that you've, you've done things with like T-Mobile in the past and Walmart as well as they were moving, I think, to an app service or a just digital transformation experience too. I don't know if that was before very big things, um, yeah, but I'd yeah. love to hear some success stories that you have. For sure. Um, so, I mean, we, we, let me think of the, the best ones. Um, I'll give you, give you a taste of a couple different flavors, right? So I'll, I'll, I'll do a, I'll do a, uh, a cool startup, and then okay. I'll do market. I'm not sure which mid market okay. I'll do yet, uh, and I'll give you <laughs> right. a uh, Let's do it. I like it. 
So startup, there's a, we're down here in Miami. There's a cool startup down here called Papa. Uh, they're, they're awesome. They do grandkids on demand is, is the idea. You take college students, put them in the homes of the elderly, and they just solve loneliness. So they aren't like emptying bedpans wow. and stuff. They're just helping people to have friends, have someone to talk to because, um, uh, loneliness is is proven to be you know one of the one of the largest killers of, of the elderly um, and to think that you can just solve this problem by having somebody play chess or walk the dog or, or hang out or take them to the grocery store or whatever right yeah uh, shout out to uh, Scott Galloway I think he did a podcast recently spoke speaking about loneliness having such an impact in our lives but please oh, continue awesome. yeah yeah I'm glad yeah. glad people are talking about it um, <laughs> But so this is a good use case. On like I said, this is a startup end. the The founder came to us. He had no team. It was just one guy. Mm-hmm. He had like a hundred thousand, I think, in funding, something like that. And it was like piecemeal together. You know, uh, I give him credit. He's just a grinder. Just I'll make it happen mm-hmm. no matter what. Um, awesome. And uh, and he came with this idea that we're like, are you crazy? Like, does this we're putting grandkids, gig economy, into the elderly, like? seems a little a little wacky and it kept talking we're like okay i'm sold i'm sold and it's in ret- in retrospect you go yeah it's genius you gotta go back five years ago <laughs> you know like it seemed a little crazy at the time um but we helped him build out everything uh and then after that we helped him even like, start to to build out his own team and uh and we iterated and we pivoted the entire time because yeah. one thing uh we're not like a typical agency typical agencies say hey here's this thing I need. And you say, okay, cool. It's going to cost this much. Give me this much up front. We'll do some of the work. You give me a little bit more. We'll finish the work. You give me a little bit more and good luck. Right. That's how we Oh man, work. that's the worst story ever. Yeah. It's the worst <laughs> no story ever. That's that. the story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is. It is. You're absolutely right. Like I, I used to be a, a partner at a, a VC fund. <laughs> it was my job to like help the, the companies we funded uh, come up with their strategy and how they were going to actually pull off their dreams. And, the execution was always a problem. That's literally why we started yeah. very big things. You couldn't find a team that actually understood you need to build a, a proof of concept, an MVP. You have to know what to build, uh-huh. measure, learn, iterate, iterate, pivot, iterate, iterate, pivot, <laughs> measure, measure, measure. Yeah. Yeah. People just don't get that stuff. Um, but so we, we did all that with the with, with Papa. Um, and, and now, five-ish years later, uh, I think they have like around 400 employees. Like uh, I think most recently, like just wow. right around like a 1.5 billion dollar valuation. Raised 240, I think, million from Tiger and um, SoftBank and et cetera, et cetera. So that's on the startup side, right? Um, then on the mid market side, uh, mid market's kind of my favorite. Uh, I, I love working with companies that are in like the 50 or like 800 million range, where you're working with the CEOs and everything, because that's that's where you can see uh, trajectories, just like you know. Um, so in that world, let me see. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll do I'll do a cool one and then I'll do like a, a, a very recent one too that it's a really short one um, Let's do it. so we had we had one company that had been doing business for like 25 years um, they had been invested by Excel KKR uh, so like okay. a, a serious company and um, sure. I can't get too much in the details of exactly what they're what they're doing but they're selling software to you know state agencies right uh to government agencies and uh they had pretty much flatlined for the last 10 years in revenue um Mm -hmm. and not only that 
but their contracts being that they're for states, they only come up like every seven years. So you're, you're doing like a two year, you know, um, what's the best way, like a two year campaign to try to win these contracts when they come up. And if you lose them, it was all for nothing. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. they had lost like their last, like five to seven of them. So, I mean, you're talking like, you know, millions of dollars invested yeah. and the competitors just kept beating them. Um, and, and to be honest, it's, they had this amazing system in the background, um, that could do millions of things. Um, they'd spent 20 years building it, but it looked like crap. It felt like crap on the consumer side. It was painful on the employee side. It was painful, et cetera, et cetera. And they looked like this just super outdated, you know, web yeah. 1.0 at best, um, you know, company that was posing yeah. as a tech company. Right. Um, and uh, there's a long story about how we got pulled in, but basically they, one of their clients, which was like the state of California, basically lit them on fire. <laughs> and, and so then somebody said, you have to work with very big things. And they, they called us up and, and we jumped in. Uh, All right. and, uh, and so we helped them over, you know, an eight month period uh, and, and okay. in phases too. So it started immediately. And we started to give them stuff that they could start using for these campaigns they were doing. Uh, them read design everything. Yeah, yeah, yep. And uh, and what do they need? How do they need to succeed? All that fun stuff. So we rebuilt their mm-hmm. products. Uh, now that people love them, um, funny enough, you know, people in Palo Alto now that use it in California, they'll reach out and go, "Oh, you did that? Awesome! We love that." Oh, cool. uh, but and and everybody ended up loving it. But the the bigger point is, after not winning a contract for like five years, you know, mm-hmm. all of a sudden they won every single contract back to back. Wow. So they won Florida, they won New York, they won the country of Canada, they won the country of Australia. It just like every single one after that, um, to where there's your there's your retention metric right there. Exactly. I mean, it's just, you know, how, how do you measure it? You measure it by like, people love what you do all of a sudden, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and you can only fake that so much. Uh, I, I literally, mm-hmm. yesterday I saw a video of Steve Jobs, um, you know, the, the great talking about uh, how in, in the United States, uh, there was all these companies advertising quality of their products you know, like, mm-hmm. oh, this is top quality. This is the best quality, etc. Mm-hmm. And uh, the mm-hmm. products coming out of Japan never talked about quality, but they always ended up selling better. And in, in, in the you know uh, the the purchases that came after the first one, because the second people touched it, they said this is quality. And the second people touched the one that said it was quality, they said it's not. You know, like you you can't fake this stuff. You got to build yeah. actually good stuff, right? So we helped them build good stuff on top of 20 years of good stuff they had built, right? Um, but so uh, long story short, about uh, a year after we helped them with the big transformation, uh, I get a text message from the uh, from the CEO. It was literally like a Sunday night. You know, I'm sitting on my couch. I'm picture, but I still see it. My wife sitting next to me and my daughter's to my right. Um, right. And I just get a text and I lift my phone and he goes, hey, I just sold the company. I just want to say thank wow. you. This is my first text. And I was just like, that's awesome. You know, like uh, we, we literally made the value of the company go from here to like way up here, like way, way up there, you know, and, and he's a great guy. The whole company, there was great people. It was, it was definitely one of those there, you know, you got a 20 year old tech team and all of a sudden we're coming in at first. They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But by the right, time we left, right. we're like, we love you. We're all one family. Um, and then just, That's a great just 
recently, um, I'll try to fly through these. I'm sure you got better questions. No, no, go for it. I love these. These are, these are, these are my real awards. These are my trophies. Yeah. I, <laughs> I listen, I am not rushing you here. I love it. <laughs> um, we've got another one. And, and once again, I can't mention them by name because this is currently okay. happening. Um, but you know, you've got a company that's doing 500 million a year. That's been primarily based off cable television, you know, and, and they've okay. done some digital stuff. Um, but their demographics also an older demographic and also they need to switch to a younger demographic. They need to switch digital and all of this stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and it all started with one of those design firms, old man. And we said, cool. What, what does your company look like offering, you know, to, to this demographic and, uh, and, and using, you know, some sort of tech platform, what, what does that even look Mm -hmm. like? And, uh, I remember on the, 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 at the last day of it, their CFO, who, you know, no offense to CFOs, but CFOs are intended to be the pessimistic realist of the group, right? Um, right. He said, you know, on the end of day two, I was pretty sure you guys were full of it. And this whole thing was just a huge waste. Oh, of man. And it was like, I had zero confidence. And you were telling me you were excited because you, you knew where we were going. And I was like, it's BS. This is just stupid. He's like, I have to eat my words. He's like, this was amazing. I'm so excited about like how we're wow. pivoting the company. Um, and and sure enough, I mean, the, the company is owned by one of the largest private equity companies in the world. They went back to the, to the PE company and they're like, yes, okay. amazing. Roll on this. So now we are, we're, we're in the middle of this complete you know, pivot of the, of the company that's been around for yeah. 25, 30 years. Um, doing you know, 400 employees, you know, doing sizable amount of revenue and we're taking them a totally different direction. So it's, it's, you know, fun, exciting stuff. And I know it's going to be, you know, they were on a slow sinking Titanic. It would have taken a long time, yeah. you know, but yeah. it's, it's hard in that world. Uh, and so to, to be able to watch them now, not only survive, but flourish, you know, like when you watch companies that have been like on a plateau for, you know, even like 10% growth, you know, for, for right. 10 years, right. All of a sudden, they go to like hundred percent growth. It's it's exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, and then last on the enterprise side, we we work with companies. Um, you know, most recently, like uh, uh, that, I can speak about uh, Ryder, the the logistics company, and they've been around forever. They've been building tech for thirty years. They have a whole bunch of disjointed software products, um, different looks, different mm-hmm. fields, different teams internally, yeah. etc. And uh, and they need to turn it into something that feels like you know like like the tech there was all great it just didn't feel cohesive you know so we can come in we help them really figure out how do all these pieces fit together how can we bring them all up to speed and then how do we get them all tied together to turn into something that's drastically more valuable which not only makes the tools better the employees like better the consumers like better but also you can imagine from a brand standpoint now also this company from coming with a bunch of web 1.0 just you know, uh, discombobulated tools to somebody that has like a real solid tech vision right. and, and execution. So it's, it just changes yeah. everything. So I think Chris, these are, oh. <laughs> <laughs> these are, these are great stories. Um, kudos to you and your team for, for being, I guess the, the strategists, the business strategists of all businesses. It seems like you guys, take anything coming your way and you guys just figure it out. So your process is just must be meticulous with your approach. And it sounds like it's a combination of science and art at the same time is what um, you guys are putting together. But, you know, with all these, what's that? 
you took the words out of my mouth. Uh, it's definitely a mix of science and art. And, and two, in all these yeah. cases, I give the clients 90% of the, the credit. We're just okay. good at helping them to realize their vision. So. Got it. Oh, that's wonderful. Okay. Well, so you have mentioned a lot of your successes and successes don't come without failures. Chris, are you willing to share some failures that you've had in your career? I, I can't do anything about the personal life if there are any over there. Let's <laughs> talk about some per- professional ones, if you don't mind. I mean, this haircut, <laughs> number one. <laughs> um, Perfect. It's, it's funny. Um, you have to give me half a second to think of, of some because- you know, I, I try to not, you know, I, I definitely have failures, you, you know, I've been doing this forever. Yeah. Um, of course. And you learn more from the failures than you do the successes. But same time, you try not to spend all your time thinking about them too, you know? Um, definitely. definitely. I'd say, you know, honest, so, so the very first one we were talking about, the company I started when I was 13, you know, um, that one, uh, you know, probably one of the greatest lessons of my life, 400 lessons from it. But, you know, uh, it got acquired by, by a company. Um, and then that, and, and I got equity in that company. Um, and then that company got acquired by another company. I got equity in that company. Um, okay. And that one got it, uh, or, or what that one was supposed to get acquired um, by a huge company. And that was going to be the big cash out, you know? Um, okay. And this would be, you know, I was going to be 15 at this time. And like uh, my grandkids never would have, wow. again, you know, yeah, yeah. It all happened. All those rounds quick. in such a short time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You, okay. you know, uh, well, welcome to the internet bubble. <laughs> right? Yeah. I told you, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. But, yeah, things were happening really fast. Uh, maybe I, was, I, I guess, honestly, I'll, I'll take that back. I was, I was like 17 by the time the last one's supposed to go through. Um, yeah, Got 17 it. and the last one was supposed to happen. And, uh, but, but yeah, uh, you know, everything would have been good, golden. Uh, literally, like, like I said, my grandkids would have been uh, well taken care of. Yeah. I would have been invited into YPO. <laughs> you know? uh, and uh, and uh, um, I flew down for a conference in, in Los Angeles. So I flew from Seattle down to Los Angeles uh, for this, this conference in the world we were in. And there okay. I am as this 17 year old going around, uh, meeting all these, you know, big professionals and being like, please say they don't judge me for being Man. like a little kid, you know? And I'm like, hi, how are you doing? My name's Chris. We've been emailing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I was amazed. Number one, everybody was so awesome. Like every booth I went to, they're like, Hey, we got all this software set aside for you. So glad to meet you. There was never like, wow. a, Oh, Hey, I didn't realize you were like a little kid. Um, so awesome on that front. But while I was there, I got a phone call. Um, and the phone calls went to like booths of phones. So I remember it's like, you got paid, mm-hmm. you know, like Chris phone call, uh, oh, right. yeah. 23 or whatever, you know? And, uh, and so I go and I get the, the, the call and it's one of my, my partners and he goes, Hey, so evidently there's something called an internet bubble and it just burst. And I was like, what, what do you mean? What do you mean? And he goes, yeah, well, we'll talk about when you get back. And, uh, and when I got back, the world of tech was over, you know, and, and everything that we'd worked on just completely disappeared. Um, you know, it, it was it just, yeah. And I was talking to somebody, 
uh, just the other night who actually went through the same thing. And other people were like, well, what was it like? Was it, you know, was it like this? Was it like that? And it's like, no, it was so much worse. <laughs> it just happened wow. in, a, in a blink of an instant. Um, so, so I don't know exactly the lesson there other than things can change in an instant, you know? Yeah, um, it's very external. But, sure. Yeah. But, but, and, then, uh, and then one that was very internal um, that I thought of while I was kind of going through that is um, when I'd finally gotten back into tech. Right. So, so I'd taken like a four year hiatus because I was like, it's time to be a kid, you know, uh, get in trouble and all that fun stuff. And, uh, and when I got back into tech, uh, I said, Hey, to learn these new tools, it's always easier to learn something just by, you know, building something with it. You you need like a, at least I need a purpose. Um, I can't just grab a book and learn. Um, so I created a startup. I was like, cool, I got these new tech tools. I'm going to create the startup. And, uh, and, and I started putting it together and I was literally like a week and a half into putting it together. And, uh, and I, I had an ex-girlfriend write a press release for me cause she was like a, you know, an editor at a magazine or something. And so press release, I sent it to Michael Arlington at TechCrunch. And, and I remember okay. I said, TechCrunch was just Michael Arlington at the time too. He didn't have like a 400 person or whatever staff. So it was just him. I sent it to right. him and I said, Hey, I'll give you the early scoop on this. You can have it before the New York times, you know, just a whole bunch of BS. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I told him it'd be ready to launch in like a month and, you know, he, he could be the one to drop it. And he came back mm-hmm. to me and said, Hey, listen, I have no news tomorrow. If you can launch it tomorrow, I'll feature Jeez. you. Right. Talk about and I'm like, timetable. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, <laughs> Like cool, yeah. Let's do this, right? And and my mom was visiting at the time, and I said, I said, hey, mom, I'm sorry, I just can't talk to you for like the next forty eight hours, you know. And and I sat there and I crunched, and I, I coded as fast as I could. Literally, like I thought up this idea and started coding it after not coding for four years, a week and a half prior, right? So right. so wow. I'm just coding as, as fast as I can, um, and, and I get it to a, a good enough state, right? And um, and and he launched it as he promised. He made it the cover story, and uh, and and you know I don't know how far back you go, but there was a site called Dig.com that was like okay. the coolest site for content, you know, on, on the internet. Um, and it was their number one story of the day as well. And then Delicious, which Yahoo owned, uh, that was like a link sharing. It became their number one story of the day. Long story wow. short, we had forty thousand people sign up in the first few hours it was open. And this is like, you know, once again, 18 years ago, 19 years ago, right? right? So 40,000 people signing up, you know, was, was a ton, you know, inside of one day. Yeah, Um, These days you can do much, much grander, but the population's different. Uh, So it, it was all exciting. But the thing is, I wasn't prepared for that success. I wasn't prepared for 40,000 people signing up that day. I wasn't, I didn't have any of the proper infrastructure in place. I didn't have any of the stuff. Right. That could easily been a company that I could have retired off of. But instead, I saw a shiny object, which is, hey, we can push this really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, we can get stuff out there. Um, I didn't think it would actually catch fire, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and, and if anything, it would be a slower build, you know, and, uh, and I right. have time to recover from it. So right. uh, a huge personal lesson I learned from that one was just be prepared for things to actually work. You know, like like what if everything goes as planned and works perfectly? Are you prepared for that? 
right? Uh, I think people prepare for yeah. the worst. Generally, don't prepare for the best, right? So, um, you know, I, I, I blew that one. I, I could have made a fortune, um, and instead of yeah. you know, made a couple hundred wow. thousand. <laughs> what a lesson well listen you guys are up to some great things some very big things if i may um and so i think you guys are definitely going to nail something um in in the coming years um chris this has been a fascinating conversation you shared so much about your success stories um the experiences that you've had as a leader some design expertise, how you see the industry and the trends affecting uh, businesses moving forward. We talked AI. Um, you guys are, are really at the forefront of what a digital transformation looks like for businesses. And we've, we've definitely covered why it's so critical for businesses to at least pay attention um, to, to these disruptive technologies and this strategy. Where do you see very big things going um, in the coming years? Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, well, number one, thank you again for how you phrased that. Um, phrase it better than I could have. Um, <laughs> thank you. And, you know, I, I'd say we set out, I mean, we, we started very big things five years ago, right? So you yeah, mentioned 121 awards. Um mm-hmm. And, and some of the companies we're working with, the things that we're doing and the things we've accomplished, but you know, it all started five years ago. Um, right, and, and I right. think you hit on something really great earlier, which is like the talent we have here. Yeah, totally. The, the reason we have the talent here is because everybody signed up for the same thing, which is like to be the best in the world at what we do. Right. And, and beautiful. at the end of the day, we wrap that up in three things, which is like uh, a happy team, us, which is like working mm-hmm. alongside the best talent in the world. There's nothing, uh, I think more enjoyable than that, um, right. and, uh, and and happy clients, and then a, a truly exceptional mm-hmm. products, right? And that's like how how it all came together. So, uh, to where to to where we're looking to go, I'd say it's further along that journey. So, you know, we set out five years ago to be the best in the world. Um, I'd say I, I feel like we're like in the in the in the top five at what we do. You know. Um, maybe jockeying for position in there. Um, but the, okay. the goal for our stand for, for, from our standpoint is to eventually be known as like the de facto best. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's just selfish. We're, we're competitive, right. et cetera. And, uh, the biggest way we judge that is the, the success of our clients. Right. Uh, which yeah. then brings me to, to the next piece that you asked, um, which is like, you know, who, who do we work with? Who do we welcome? You know, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, mm. And, you know, I, I wish we could say we, we work with everybody, but, but mm. we can't, you know, as, uh, as, as one of my, my co-founders says, he's like, we're, we're like a, a really nice hotel and we only have so many rooms, you know, wow. <laughs> and, and it's a good way. Of putting, right. Right? Yeah. It's like, um, so, so, you know, we, we only have so many people and, and we can't work, um, uh, on everything. We, we probably, uh, I'd say, unfortunately have to turn away, uh, you know, yeah. I'd say probably like 70% of projects we'd love to work on, um, just wow, because it, it, it's hard. Yeah. Um, yeah. But w- but when we're really saying yes to something, it's because we see an opportunity to really uh, change the trajectory of a company. You know, like mm. um, if we see an option, uh, an opportunity where somebody could go from a seven uh, x multiple in their valuation 
yeah. you know, to a, to yeah. a 15X for a company that's been around for 15 years, you know, that's powerful. Yeah. We want right. to be part of that, you know? Yeah, sure. Um, I, I, I always use the joke, we're always on the, the hunt for our old spices, right? So like Old Spice is this horrible brand of deodorant everybody loathed and like everybody just wished the company would die and go away. Oh, man. Right? Yeah. And then just like that, they become like one of the coolest, hippest, most valuable companies in their industry, you know? And, uh, and, and you know, they, they had assistance from, from an outside source, but a lot of that, you know, it was built mm. on who they were, right? So um, we're, we're always looking for our old spices. We're looking for the companies where we're like, okay, you're already doing something That's really great. well and you've been doing it for a while, but like we can, we can really skyrocket you. Um, so potentially see our clients you. Yeah, that's that's how we did the, the plan, right? Um, I like it. I like it. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. You look, you look like right. you have a question on your mind. Yeah, yeah my question was going to shift to um, you know you, those are how you address and you go after uh, clients. But what about strategic partnerships? Um, those are those are those operate different, right? There's a different value add there. Um, could you share some um, insight as far as you know who some of your partners are and what a strategic partner means for you uh, when you're evaluating that? If anyone's interested in, in working with you guys, yeah. So, so um, to to be honest, this is one of the things we, we've had clients come to us in the past and say, "Listen, we're going to give you equity in our company just because we want you to be as invested in it as we are." And we say we're we're very big things, you know. Like we we're invested from day one. That's, we made the company to be invested. And like, if you're telling yeah. us you're going to give us equity, I'm not going to say no. I'll take it, you know. But it's not going to change anything. Like just putting that out there. Like we're we're yeah. all in no matter what. We want to see you succeed. So that's an important piece. Um, yeah. That said, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, we we've we've worked out a lot of deals because uh, we we believe in ourselves. We believe in our ability to actually like. Uh, to execute, so so we've worked out okay. deals uh, both uh, both for equity and then uh, and and then also just mm-hmm. for for uh, stock, you know, because we work with a lot of publicly traded companies. Sure. We'll take you know a chunk of our our pay in stock, awesome. uh, which has worked very well for us. <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I bet. Yeah, going for the seven fourteen X, right? Exactly. I was in our profit margin shoots way up, you know, because, uh, because the yeah. aid went up in value. Um, but, but yeah, so strategic partnerships are, are definitely a big piece. And, um, and I know I've, I've, I've harped on this a bit, but, um, as we were talking about with, with, uh, AI earlier and where are we going? I mean, mm-hmm. we're, we're excellent at what we do. We're excellent at building some of the best products. We're excellent at, transforming brands uh through the the yeah, software they sure. create um mm-hmm. but that said uh, I'm, I'm equally excited about helping companies to to implement ai in the future it's just going to be such a monumental game changer for everybody um every because we're we're already jumping in um to help more and more companies with this and every time you're coming out of these it's like okay here's just a level of change um, that was preposterous, you know, like six months earlier, you know, like it yeah. just wouldn't have been possible. Yeah. Um, and, and so kind of sticking with our, you know, ma- making, uh, making our clients happy, you know, um, and, and exceptional products, it's just going to get a little insane over the next like six months. So, Oh yeah. I yeah. I am. Uh, 
I, I push all entrepreneurs out there, like, uh, and leaders and executives, like, uh, don't procrastinate on this one. Don't procrastinate yeah. on this one. You know, like, be a little ambitious. Dip your toe. Um, mm-hmm. pro- procrastination can be uh, uh, truly horrible in some of these instances, and uh, and this is the one you don't want to miss. So. It can be it can be a make or break within five months. Yeah, you know, that's how fast um, things going. Super super quick story. I, I heard a, a TED talk on procrastination. Okay, uh, and on the on the TED talk, and everybody should watch this. Uh, the guy is such a good speaker, but uh, he he admits the fact that he procrastinated on writing his TED talk until the night before. You know, wow, smokes. All right. So, through the whole talk, he's talking about the fact that, like, he's actually really good at procrastination. You know, like, he waits, but then once he hits that due date, all of a sudden he really Mm -hmm. fast hustles to to make whatever happen. And he's gotten really good over a lifetime of procrastinating and hustling at the last minute and coming through. Right. Um, And that's, you know, the entire time he's, he's talking about that. And then the last like 10 seconds uh, of the TED talk, he hit, he mentioned something that just like hit me personally, like a ton of bricks, which is, he goes, how about all the things in life that don't have a deadline? What happens when you procrastinate on those? How about, how about, you know, uh, your relationship with your kids, your relationship with your wife or getting out of that bad relationship or moving away from that job? There's no deadline for that. So you're never going to be in that like jump to make it happen. It'll just always get pushed to tomorrow. It'll get pushed to tomorrow. It'll get pushed to tomorrow. Um, In a digital transformation in general, um, in AI, especially right now, to me, it's the same thing. Like there's no deadline that you have to do this stuff. I mean, the deadline's like you going out of business, right? Or or somebody completely disrupted your market or something. But you you, you won't see that, right? Um, So, so... Don't don't wait for a deadline. Don't procrastinate. Like you gotta you gotta jump at this stuff because um, the deadline's not gonna be there. You know, the way that hits you like a ton of bricks. I think <laughs> after this podcast recording, I'll be thinking about that comment for quite some time for sure. Yeah, watch Thank the you for, for sharing that's that. That's great. Yeah, that's great. Um, <clears throat> We've got two more things for you before we close out and, and we say bye cool. to the audience. Um, how do people how do people find you and very big things? How do they get in touch with you? You have social media accounts out there. Yeah, um, so so definitely we got verybigthings.com. That's our, our website. Um, we keep it uh, a little purposely mysterious, you know, so you can see some cool stuff, but we, we, we try to uh, keep some secrets too. I like it. Um, and time, then yeah. uh, yeah, we've got we got all the big handles, very big things on Instagram, very big things. You know, and you look us up on LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, past that, though, I'd say feel free uh, to reach out to myself personally too. You know, uh, just just mention you know why whales, and, uh, and and I'd love to spark up a conversation. So, um, Chris Stegner Perfect. on LinkedIn, you know, connect, add a little note saying, hey, you know, saw you on Why Whales, just want to chat about some stuff. Uh, I genuinely love. Uh, what I do for a living. And so just chatting about it. Yeah, any that's clear. Like, you know, I, I'm all yeah. for it. You know, we, I'd say we get half of our yeah. clients from, uh, from me just being a friend for five years. And all of a sudden one day they're like, Hey, my buddy needs something, you know? So, um, you know, yeah. it's, 
Um, I, I like That's just wonderful. helping. So. That's, fun. That's fantastic. Um, might lead into my next question, which is different than anything business related. Um, Chris, how would you like to be remembered? Um, that's a great question. Um, so I'm going to hit it from two fronts. Um, and you're getting me emotional just thinking about it. Um, oh man, I didn't know we were going that direction, but okay. (laughs) But, um, so on the, on the one front, I would say, uh, it's definitely important to me to, uh, to, to make an impact on the world, you know? So, um, something that we have as an internal rule at very big things is, um, Mm-hmm. That with every project, there needs to be at least one thing that we we innovate past anything that's ever been done in the rest of the world with the intention that other companies, other UX people, other developers will copy it, you know, because if we do something that's better than anything, wow. better, other people will copy it. And from doing that, we evolve the whole world, right? So if we can do one of those on every project, um, we keep moving the world forward. So, so I definitely just want to have an impact, you know, like, uh, only have so much time here. I want to, uh, kind of shown that like my life mattered to everybody. Right. Um, Multiplier effect. Sure. Yeah. And then on the, on the second hand, I would say, um, I just want my kids to, to be like, yeah, dad was great. You know, um, and, 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 and we're happy and, and we're living a life that we, we yeah. felt loved. You know, um, yeah, that's yeah, awesome. That's, that's that's the you know that's, uh, the other big one. So. <laughs> that's 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 extremely beautiful and it's extremely human, Chris. Thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you for the insights. This has been a fun conversation. Dropped a ton of gems. Um, Thank you. I'm I'm really excited to to have you as our guest today and and sharing the things that you're doing, um, both personally and professionally within within the space. I think uh, I think our industry needs a lot more people like you. And um, you know, just like you said, you hope that your technology is is replicated by others. I hope there's other leaders out there that are following in your footsteps and take some of the lessons that you've learned um, and and do the same thing with their teams. So with that. That note, Chris, thank you so much. Thank you. I, I, by the way, I appreciate you and Y Wales and the whole group and everything too. So um, it's awesome. Thank you so much for having me. We're, we're happy to have you as part of our community, Chris. Thank you so much. And with that, we will end everyone. Thank you kindly. We'll catch you on the next one. Y Wales was founded in 2021 by Jay Steinbeck passionate entrepreneur and business owner with the purpose of bringing YPO and YNG members together in the cryptoverse. YWales is a collaborative and confidential community centered around cryptocurrencies and blockchain technology, an exclusive crypto hub of more than 600 members. To be notified when we release new content, please subscribe to our show in your preferred listening app. For more information, visit www.ywales.com. YWales is not affiliated with YPO, but at this time only allow for YPO, YPO Gold, and YNG members due to privacy and confidentiality. Support and production for today's episode was done by Truthwork Media.
Nothing in the podcast constitutes professional and or financial advice, nor does any information on the podcast constitute a comprehensive or complete statement of the matters discussed or the law relating thereto.